Good morning, church. <laughs> my name is Jamie Dykstra, and I get to serve as lead pastor for Centerpoint Church, and it's my privilege and delight to welcome you into worship and to study God's Word with you this morning. A, a special welcome to our Sioux Center campus. I am humbled and amazed that we get to worship together like this. I'm grateful for being welcomed into that space as well, that we can all worship together as one church in multiple locations. And to those of you who are joining us online, we're so grateful that, that you chose to worship today but also that you chose to worship with us. So welcome. Welcome to worship this morning. We're so glad that you're here. As you know, today is March 20. You may not realize that we are just four weeks away from Easter. And I want to invite you to remember something. This special season between now and Easter is called Lent. And I, I have an embarrassing story to share with you. You'll love it. So I grew up in the church and uh, um, as a kid, I found this, this whole thing confusing, this whole season confusing. Maybe it's confusing to you, too. Um, why does the stuff in the bottom of my jean pocket have anything to do with Easter? I, I just didn't get it. Uh, why are the focus for 40 days on Lent? Like, why is it such a big deal? It took an embarrassing amount of time for me to realize that, that the pastor I was listening to was talking about Lent and not Lent. So if you're like me, it's okay. Um, Turns out that Lent is not a PSA for, for cleaning out your belly button before you get to Easter Sunday. <laughs> Jacob, yeah. Um, but if that's a problem, please take care of it before Easter. That'd be great. No, on a serious note, Lent is a season of, of preparation and repentance and anticipation for remembering the death and celebrating the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus. Most simply, Lent is an invitation an invitation into the presence of Jesus. So don't overthink it. Lent is not intended to be a burden for you. Lent is intended to be a blessing for you. A season of intentional focus, an invitation into the presence of Jesus. So this week we kick off a new series called Questions of Jesus. Now, you may not know this either, but in the Gospels, so the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in these, these Gospels, Jesus asks over 300 questions. Each week, in the next seven weeks, we're going to invite you to wrestle with one of these questions that Jesus asked. It's our hope that the questions of Jesus invite you into his presence. Just think about it with me practically. You have to be close enough to hear him, right? You have to be within earshot of Jesus to hear the question. So a question invites presence. It invites you into his presence. You have to be close enough to Jesus to hear the question. A question requires our hearts um, to be quieted too. It, it requires us to be quiet enough, our lives to be quiet enough to hear Jesus. If your life is too noisy, his voice will be drowned out. A question requires curiosity. The questions of Jesus are an invitation to be curious. The path of curiosity is the path that leads to transformation. Jesus asks over 300 questions. He's trying to engage you in a curious conversation. He does this on purpose. Each week we're going to invite you to consider one of Jesus' questions. But before we get to this week's question, I'm curious. Are you close enough to Jesus to hear the question? Is your life quiet enough 
to hear the question? Are, are you open? Are you curious enough to actually engage the question if you hear it? If you're like me, um, and you feel like you're never enough, not close enough, not quiet enough, um, not curious enough, you're acutely aware that you're not enough. Don't be discouraged, because Jesus is, so that you don't have to be. Jesus is enough. May this be the first fruit of this series that we engage in. We could never be enough, but Jesus is enough so that you don't have to be. It's our hope that this series draws you into the presence of Jesus, that it strengthens and renews your faith and gives you the courage to live in the abundance of Jesus Christ. Jesus is enough. In him, you have everything. This season of Lent and these questions of Jesus are an invitation into the presence of Jesus, an invitation to quiet our hearts, our minds, our lives, so we can be curious. We do this work, we enter this curious space from a position of security, abundance, and strength. Because Jesus is enough, in these weeks leading up to Easter and the weeks to follow, would you allow these curious questions of Jesus to illuminate and transform your life? Because Jesus is enough, because he's enough, it's safe. It's safe to engage and answer, answer these questions honestly. So here's the first question. This is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. This is what Jesus asks. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Who of you, by worrying, can add a, a single hour to your life? This question is nested in the sixth chapter of Matthew, which is near the middle of Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. So you can check that out, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? A disclaimer before we proceed any further here. I want to be clear about this. As we talk about worry and anxiety this morning, we're not talking about a clinical diagnosis. If you're suffering from clinical anxiety... I want to encourage you to seek out appropriate help from a medical professional. This is not what we're talking about today when we talk about worry and anxiety. When we talk about worry and anxiety, we're talking about a universal human experience. It's a struggle for every person everywhere. I did a little research this week, and I could share with you several unsettling statistics about the rise of anxiety all around us the rise of worry all around us. <clears throat> but I'm not going to. Because I don't think that I have to. Just look around. Look inside. Anxiety's at work all around us. It's in our elementary schools. It's in our middle schools. It's in our high schools. It's on our college campuses. It's in all of our relationships. It's in our homes. It's in our workplace. It, it attacks us, at, relentlessly attacks us at every stage of life, trying to steal our joy. I don't think I have to prove to you that it's real. I think you know. I love this quote by a pastor and author, Warren Worsby. This is what he writes. Check this out. 
it's often said that we're continually being crucified between two thieves. The regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. Jesus died and rose again so that we would no longer be beholden to the regrets of yesterday or the worries of tomorrow. The regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow are the fuel for our anxiety. There is another way, and Jesus is the way. We can be freed from the bondage of worry because Jesus is enough. Jesus is not saying something new in this Sermon on the Mount, even as he makes all things new. Jesus is saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus is saying, you shall have no other gods before me. And Jesus is making it possible. The blood of the cross has broken the chains of sin that has enslaved us, and we've been freed. We've been freed to follow Jesus, to fix our eyes and orient our lives and to place our full trust in our risen King, Jesus. Here's even more good news. Jesus knows us so well that he knew we would struggle. And if you're struggling today, he sees you. If the thief of worry has taken you captive, he sees you, he's with you, and right now he's reaching out to you to lead you into freedom, to lead you back to him. See Jesus being fully God and fully human? Jesus knew we would struggle and what we'd struggle with. Jesus knows the temptations we face that lead us away from him. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, speaks to you breaking through the fear that's held your heart captive and inviting you into the freedom of his grace. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Jesus knows. Jesus knows how you suffer from regret and worry. Jesus knew that when things got tough, you'd be tempted to worry. And Jesus names this idol clearly for us to equip you to help you recognize it in your own life. The, the description helps with identification. Nothing, uh, n- noticing it, naming it, takes away its power. Bringing it into the light takes away its power. Because Jesus is enough, we can draw close to Jesus. We can quiet our hearts and minds, and we can be curious. And we can wrestle with this question of Jesus. Who of you, by worrying can add a single hour to your life. The first hearers of this sermon lived a life of subsistence. So they, they were probably farming and they produced commodities like grain. They had little hard currency. They didn't have money. They didn't have coins. They didn't have stuff like that. So they'd hide their grain and goods in, in what they believed to be safe places. Places where moth and rust would destroy places where thieves could break in and steal. They, they literally, they buried their treasure and lived in a state of worry and vulnerability and vigilance protecting their treasure, believing it was their hope for the future. Since this is a safe place to be curious, I have a curious question for you. What is your treasure? What is your treasure? Because the things that threaten your treasure will bring anxiety into your life. It'll it'll make you worry about it. 
Jesus says that where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. What do you treasure? In a world fueled and edited by social media, connected but as lonely as we've ever been, presenting one unrealistic filtered photo after another, one impossible story after another, maybe you treasure significance. But nothing in your life is trending right now. Your only constant is anxiety and worry. Instead of stressing about the grand gesture that's going to finally make your life pop, or the next purchase that will bring the status that you desire, or worrying about the breakthrough that's going to make you famous, instead of being crippled by the pressure of manufacturing your own significance, what if, what if Jesus is enough? What if you found your significance in him? What if instead of pursuing fame, you pursued faithfulness? What if, what if you lived your life to make Jesus famous? Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is the light of the world who has brought us out of darkness and where we fix our eyes will direct our feet. And if we fix our eyes on anything other than Jesus, if anything shines brighter than the hope of Jesus Christ, we find ourselves and we will find ourselves in darkness. The Bible reminds us that no one can serve two masters. The invitation is to find our significance and our risen Savior, Jesus. So I'm curious, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? These first hearers of Jesus' sermon were living hand to mouth. When they rose in the morning and prayed, give us this day our daily bread, they prayed from a place of dependence with nothing on the shelf. They, their worried was magnified by the hunger pains in their stomachs. This is real for them. We live in unparalleled wealth. And our wealth has fueled our worry. We have a mouth-to-hand problem, not a hand-to-mouth problem. What we say does not align with what we do. Our riches have made us spiritually poor. And as these first hearers of the Sermon on the Mount shifted their way to get comfortable midway through the sermon, Jesus points to the birds of the air and the lilies right next to them to drive home his point. If God cares this much for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, God will take care of you. You are significant. You are precious to him. You can trust him. Being crucified between the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow is no way to live. Jesus invites you into his presence. Jesus invites you into his peace. And in that safe and honest space, Jesus invites you to be curious. Jesus invites you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? If you're tired of being tired, if you're tired of being afraid, if you're tired of living in the scarcity of your own strength, if you're tired of feeling worried and anxious all the time, Jesus outlines a pathway for you. 
that will draw you into his presence, quiet your life, and invite you into the curiosity that leads to transformation and peace. When you get home today, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Now, if you don't have a Bible, talk to me or Cy or someone at Next Steps. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. You can talk to Pastor Chris in Sioux Center. He'd love to help you get a Bible. You also can use your phone. There's Bibles online that you can use. But go actually open your Bible this afternoon to Matthew chapter 6. Would you do this with me? I'm going to do this too. Open your Bible to Matthew chapter 6 and just check out the section headings of that chapter. So these little sections are called pericopes, these little parts. Just look at the section headings of Matthew chapter 6. The pathway to freedom from worry to abundance in Christ, is outlined right there. The first heading, giving to the needy. Instead of being consumed with yourself by what you think you need or by what you think you lack, what if you focused your energy on the needs of others? Instead of focusing on yourself, what if you invested your energy in the needs of others? What impact would that one simple shift have in your life? Give it a try. Give it a try this week. Live an other-focused life this week and see what, see what it does. The next heading is prayer. And this is not just any prayer. This is, this is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus teaches us to pray. And this is how, teaches, how Jesus teaches us. We are to pray prayers that are heaven-focused and kingdom-minded. Prayers of trust, prayers of forgiveness, and prayers of freedom. What if you prayed like that this week? heaven-focused and kingdom-minded prayers, confident, believing prayers, forgiving prayers, liberating prayers. What if you prayed like that this week? Maybe this is how you could focus your prayer life this week. Maybe you don't pray. Maybe this is how you could start to pray. Next up is fasting. Our instinct is to avoid discomfort at almost any cost. When we often do that by consuming something. We just consume, we blindly consume. We overeat, we binge watch, we self-medicate, and the list could go on and it gets uglier. You know, you know what you do. We consume whatever brings immediate gratification and relief. We reach, we reach for what is easy and empty instead of what is meaningful and transformative. What if? What if instead of running to find comfort, we stayed in the presence of Jesus? What if we took a break from some of that stuff? What, what if you endured some short-term discomfort for something deeper and richer and fuller than you could ever imagine? What if you stayed in the presence of Jesus? Maybe this week, instead of consuming to be comfortable, you seek Jesus as your comforter. The next heading is, is treasures in heaven. We talked a little bit about this before, but it's worth coming back to. What would it look like to be honest? I'm, I'm not saying just to write something down because I said you should. Or What if you're really honest? And it's going to take a minute. What if you're really honest about what your treasure is? What is it that you truly treasure? Because when your treasure is threatened, you're going to feel anxious. You're going to worry. So what is it that you treasure? 
Would you be willing to write it down? Would you tell a trusted friend? Maybe start an honest conversation? Would you at least be willing to have an honest conversation with God about it? Maybe that is something that God is calling you to be curious about this week. Maybe this is, this is the week that you dust off a journal or start one. And, and you talk to God and you write it out. You try to finally be honest and be aware of what is true. What is it that you treasure? Here's the thing. Jesus knows your needs. And he will provide for them. The invitation from Jesus is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I think putting the needs of others above your own will bring you into the presence of Jesus. I think praying as Jesus taught us to pray will quiet your heart, your mind, and your life. I think fasting from mindless consumption will awaken your curiosity. I think being honest about your treasure will liberate you from worry. You are invited into the security, abundance, and strength of the truth that Jesus is enough. Enter into his presence. Quiet your hearts and be curious. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what you find. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you grateful that, that you know us so well. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come and work within us. That through the power of your spirit and the good news of the gospel, the grace of Jesus Christ, we'd be drawn into the presence of Jesus. And in that space, through the power of your spirit at work in us, you'd quiet our lives so we could hear your voice and see what is true. And God, in that safe space, would you help us to be curious? Who of us, can work by worrying, can add a single hour or minute or second to our life? God, we're searching for something, and the answer is you. So would you show up this week in our lives? Would you give us the courage and discipline to seek you and seek first your kingdom and your righteousness? And God, help us to trust you that all the things that we stand in need of, you know already, and you'll provide them. But God, may you be first in our life. And may we seek after you with all of our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.